Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. Urban Dictionary, which is likely the most quoted dictionary of all podcasters, defines pretty privilege as a person who has more opportunities and becomes more successful in life because of how attractive they are. And I've been wondering about this phenomena of pretty privilege lately, and how deeply do we really think about this? Or is it something that we just say acceptingly, like, oh, look, a ladybug, how lucky. Meanwhile, that ladybug could have the worst luck. It could cause the worst luck, right? It could have a little disease. It could have been caught by a toddler, have a smashed wing. We don't know thing one about the ladybug, not the least of which what the gender is. Anywho, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of pretty privilege and how it affects our love and relationships. I did a little bit of research and I found this really interesting study. 284 undergrad students were asked to rate these three sets of four attractive and unattractive photographs of both men and women in respect to how likable, how attractive, and how trustworthy they perceived these people to be based on looks. Then the participants chose which people they would trust the most in a hypothetical situation. And the results showed that attractive individuals were seen as more trustworthy than unattractive people, and that women were seen as more trustworthy than men. I don't know the scenario that they asked these participants to base their trustworthiness on. And I could see the bias in a lot of situations, but is it true in the dating world or is it true when we're looking for love? Do we think that attractive people are more trustworthy in love? Or do we think, no way, he's a 10. I would never trust a 10, as Dakota Johnson said in this like absolutely horrible Netflix movie persuasion. So I'm asking you, in dating, does it put you off if someone is ridiculously good looking? And what if they're just pretty? Is there a sort of threshold in the looks department that says, okay, attractive people are assumed to be more trustworthy, but when we get into people who are just strikingly gorgeous, does that assumed trustworthiness decline? And what about all of the other traits? Do we unwittingly associate beauty with talent, with social success, with good health? And does physical beauty start an impression that creates this halo effect? You know, the halo effect is where if someone has one good trait, you associate them with a bunch of other good traits. So if they're kind, they must be generous. If they're generous, they must be honest. They also must be calm and therefore happy, right? I have no idea about any of that, but I did interview some pretty people for this podcast and 
I interviewed people of both genders, and though my study would not by any stretch of the imagination meet any scientific criteria for credibility, it was super interesting. People assume that pretty people have an easy life. Pretty people get privileges like cutting the line or somebody maybe lends them money or their car or whatever, but it doesn't really make them any happier. Or does it? One person I spoke to found it kind of hard to acknowledge that she had pretty privilege, even though she was the reason I wanted to talk about this. She is striking and fashionable and sexy, and there is not a person on this planet who would argue that this is not an overstatement in the least. And the assumption I made was that she was not a leader. I assumed that she wasn't the boss. And I say this sheepishly, like I don't want to make assumptions about people at all based on anything about their appearance. But here we are. And one afternoon, I asked her if she would answer a few questions about pretty privilege. And she said that she had just been talking to her boyfriend about this, which happens to me a lot, by the way. People come into my orbit thinking and sort of mulling about similar things that I have had on my mind. This is usually a sign that I'm on the right track or that somebody needs to hear also what I'm thinking about. I asked her a few questions and she struggled to answer because she didn't want to appear vain. And I think, though, that my age, me being about 30 years older, may have helped her to be a little bit more forthcoming. She softened after a few questions, right? It was hard for her to admit that she was undeniably beautiful. Not that she didn't know it or believe it, but I think that society tells us we're not supposed to be aware of this somehow. So even if your whole life people comment on your attractiveness, if you're not aware, this somehow makes you more beautiful. Songs like, she don't know she's beautiful, or stories like the, any, any sort of version of the shy maiden who blushes like she's never heard that before. I find this so ridiculous. Like, it's okay to have won the genetic lottery, but you had better not act like you know it. You may come off as entitled if you acknowledge that you hold pretty privilege. And this is true for men and women, but I do think that a lot of women who hold pretty privilege have negative assumptions made about them based solely on how they look beautiful women are assumed to be vacuous. There's this surprise element when a stunning woman is quite clever. Wow, you're really smart. No one ever said this to Noam Chomsky. I mean, it's stupid. And please, don't point out to me uh, like people like Amal Clooney or a hundred other beautiful, intelligent women. I'm inviting you to consider if their existence is not considered to be an exception, right? So if you're new here, I am a feminist of the loudest kind, and I'm not talking about facts here. Of course, intelligence is not tied to gender or beauty. I am talking about assumptions, and I'm wanting to turn that assumption on all angles here in this episode so that we can sort of see it more clearly. The dumb blonde, the airhead buxom brunette, the wicked beauty. And on the other end, the nerdy girl with glasses must be smart. It's all ridiculous and it gets in the way. Another woman I talked to who is blonde haired, blue eyed, very beautiful, said that her entire life other women have assumed she would be mean. Why? Because TV shows us that women who look like her, like Barbie-esque, right, are selfish or manipulative, and they wouldn't be a good friend, right? They would be out against other women. Did that movie Mean Girls really drive our collective opinion that much? Are we that easy to convince? 
And would that be considered a privilege to be outside of a friend group until we somehow have to prove our intelligence or that we're sweet natured? Do striking women have to overcome hurdles in certain areas just to be accepted where an average looking woman would start at a baseline level of acceptance. So before I get too ranty about the assumptions made based on any outward appearance, I will remind myself that our cute little brains are always trying to make sense of the world. And one of the ways that we do this is to put things in boxes. I get it. I asked yet another really pretty woman if she felt that she had gotten jobs or romantic partners more easily than other women with conventionally sort of average looks. And she admitted that this was a privilege that she found in her life. Yes. And I asked her, did that make her worry about losing these things if she ever somehow lost her looks? And she thought about this for a long moment because she's fucking brilliant, by the way. And she said that any job or lover that she loses for the reason of losing her beauty is not one that she would want to keep. And there it is. My point in this episode, really, is pretty privilege an advantage in meeting people in the dating world? Yes, I think it is. But is it an advantage in relationships? No. And depending on how secure you are, it may be a disadvantage. You may wonder if someone is interested in you primarily for your looks. I think that we can agree that really highly attractive people get hit on more when they're out and about and they get more pings on the dating apps. The question may be, how much do you tie your value in relationships to any level of attractiveness in yourself or in that person. I know people who have told me they will never find dates because they're too heavy or too thin or past their prime, right? Too old, not able-bodied. And I also know people who fear that whoever they attract will leave them if they lose their pretty, right? So I have coached women who are remarkably beautiful, who worry all the time about losing that edge, even though they've been in long-term partnerships. They feel like they must stay fit. They need to strive for youth and beauty. It's sad on either end, whether you hold prettiness as a privilege or whether you don't have it and feel like it is a knock against you. It's sad that anyone ever ties their value to looks or money or prestige or anything, right? And I think that all we can do is to pause acknowledge that assumptions are normal and then we have to be an absolute rebel of the greatest power and we ask ourselves what is true right now in this present moment based on this present time happening right now your value is high and gorgeous because you're human and this is true even when you don't believe it even when the world gets noisy and overwhelming and it's hard to parse out how you feel about yourself with so many other sort of stimuli weighing in on how you should feel about yourself. I know I'm kind of spinning around here, but do parse it out. Do take the time to grow your feelings for yourself in the positive without tying them to how you look or how others feel about how you look. Avoid people who only compliment you on your looks. When they only get the moon eyes for you when it's about how you're looking, Are they super focused on you when you're taking your clothes off, but their eyes sort of glaze over and are distracted when you want to discuss like Iowa's political election structure? It's wonderful to be told that we are beautiful, but nothing 
beats the enraptured gaze of someone who can't wait to hear what you are about to say next. Check yourself if you're spending too much time on appearing young, if you pour money into youth as beauty, if you worry or criticize yourself for how you look in lycra or those jeans. Treat that as not true, but as a cue to pour some love into your cup. If you hold pretty privilege, acknowledge that it means very little about you as a person and perhaps use that privilege to include others. If you find yourself like a nominated leader or an influencer, great. Take it, but don't manipulate. Lift others up. Be careful how much emphasis you put on looks. Don't be indignant when someone values you for the very thing you're prioritizing in dating. For example, if you're like trying to hook people in dating with a lot of like super high quality professional photos and you don't put any real life photos of you like hiking or with little makeup on, I know it's hard to put like no makeup photos on there. Don't be surprised that people are going to value you for that. If you consider success in dating to be that you get a lot of dates, this is probably not not the podcast for you, but if you consider success in dating as being in a state of adoration of the process, the moment, and the way you are showing up, then you're in the right place. The goal in dating successfully from where I'm standing from this podcast interest is how adoring can I feel of myself during the dating process. Success in dating is success in self-love, not how many hot people you can go out with, not how many people consider you to be hot, but how much inner beauty you invite into your life. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.